Hello out there, breadwinners. This is Regina, and you are listening to Office Politics Radio, a podcast dedicated to helping you with your work life. You can get in touch with me and find out more about me and my show at officepoliticsradio.com. You can also follow the links to my Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages, or you can email me directly at Regina at officepoliticsradio.com. All right. Today we have Regina Romeo has more than 20 years of experience in human resources. Regina has a degree in psychology and criminal justice, a master's, and is a PhD candidate. She has been an expert witness for the past nine years in cases all over the country. She is the host of OfficePoliticsRadio.com. You will see why when we talk about this episode. Her philosophy is... This is HR, not an ER, although sometimes you cannot tell the difference with some of her stories because she's dealt with everything from bomb threats to workplace violence to people using a conference room as a bedroom. And we can't say more than that because her mom is listening. But this episode is brought to you by ReginaRomeoConsulting.com. If you're an HR professional and want to learn more about how to get started as an expert witness, contact Regina and she can give you the first few steps to help get your business off the ground. If you are already advanced, she can give you steps to get to the next level. Um, And today we, again, we talk about crazy termination stories or maybe that don't lead to termination, but it's goes about dating co-workers, workplace romances, all the stuff. And, And you were telling me it ends up as two pieces of paper. What were you saying about that? It it often ends in one of two pieces of paper. Either it ends up with a marriage license or a restraining order. And a little bit of everything in between, I guess. So let's start, you know, people are like, give me the good news or bad news first. I'm always a bad news first type of person. So you get in on a high note, right? Let's talk about restraining orders for a second. Okay. So what have you... uh, I guess if there's a story you can walk me through of, um, do you usually hear about it early on so that you can monitor it or more when things get heated? I've had experience with both. So I've had experiences where um, the ex will show up in the workplace And so even if the person that works there is trying to keep things out of the workplace, keep a lid on it or whatever, the ex feels some type of way about what went down and they decide to, Hey, I'm just going to, you know, show up at your, at your job and make a seed. And is this someone where they were dating at the workplace and the person was like, go, or is there just dating someone and they show up to the workplace? Both, Both. you know, sometimes it's another person that works there. Maybe they work in another department or another location for Mm -hmm. the same company, or I'm just the HR director over the employee and they date somebody that doesn't work there at all that decides to show up in the workplace. So they'll, you know, come in and, you know, can I see so-and-so or they'll just be on the premises and not every workplace I've been in has, you know, a metal detector or an armed guard or something like that. It's most of my jobs are like everybody's job open to the public. You know, you might, you might need a badge, but you know, once you say, Hey, I'm here to see so-and-so sure, come on in, you know, and especially if it's somebody who's been there several times before the security guard doesn't know you broke up with that person. So he's like, yeah, you know, so-and-so is at the back. And 
I take all of those cases seriously because I've seen things end very badly in acts of violence. And so if somebody comes to me and discloses, you know, I have a situation where somebody, you know, my ex has been driving by my house or showing up at places that I am and I'm afraid they're going to come to work and and just make a scene. Um, I always, you know, let them know that there are resources available for them to let them know that, you know, it doesn't have to be that somebody has actually done something yet for you to get a restraining order. You go before the judge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell them, you know, this is, this is what happens. I explain the process to them and any evidence that they have that show, you know, a text message, an email, a voicemail or whatever to show that that person is acting, you know, who's going to be potentially violent, that's what you take to the judge. Because sometimes it's enough if I'm in a facility that has security or has a guard or has something like that versus a situation, like I said, where I'm just open to the public and you could just walk on in without ever really encountering anybody. You know, you may just be able to walk up to that person's desk. Um, and those types of things, I'm always, vig- like I said, I'm always vigilant about. And then there's other times where there has been an act of violence or there has been some other situation that's wound its way through the criminal court and they'll bring me a restraining order to say, this is my ex, here's my restraining mm-hmm. order, here's what that person looks like. Um, and then I have to, you know, let our staff know to be yeah. on the lookout for I mean, for what are you person. supposed to do? I mean, um, just to be on the lookout for that person. If you yeah. see them anywhere around the facility to contact, you know, to just call 911 immediately. Mm. Um, the way that restraining orders work is that you have to catch the person in the act, unfortunately, you know, so it's not of like what? somebody you know, of anything of being within 100 okay. yards of that. Because they don't person, have to you know? do anything. Just just proximity yeah. is good right. enough. Right. So if they're restricted from being close to that person by X number of yards or whatever, and they show up at the workplace and they're not supposed to be there, then I've always just called the police, you know, so let them know what the situation is. If there is. isn't a restraining they, order, what do you tell staff? Like um, if, if there's the not a restraining order. You know, there's like, yeah, they're driving by or they're calling me and threatening me, but they don't have a restraining order. Do you how do you instruct the staff in that situation? I mean, you instruct the person to obviously call the mm-hmm. police and everything, but if they haven't gotten a restraining mm-hmm. order, how, what do you, what do you tell people to do? Um, I just tell people again, to be vigilant, you know, be on the lookout for whoever this person is. And if you see them, then don't hesitate to call the police because mm-hmm. there's there. I don't know why that person is there, you know, especially right. if they don't, they don't work there. It's the middle of the day. It's like, why aren't you at your own job? Um, they're probably not there for anything good. Yeah. You know, so I always just advise, you know, here's this, here's the situation. I don't get into too many details about, you know, what, what went down and, you know, what happened and, you know, whatever the incidents were. But just if you see this person, here's a picture of this person, call the police immediately. Because mm. you only have a small window of time between the time you see somebody, you know, skulking around and something, you know, violent goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've, have you seen actually violence in the workplace before? Yes. You have? How um, do you handle just, that? That seems like it's another level at that point. That, yeah, that, that's well beyond anything I'm capable of handling <laughs> Unless by you myself. know, like, <laughs> you know, jujitsu or something, and you can take um, the person down. And even if I did, they might know more than I do. Right, that's so true. I, yeah, so, you know, we always advise the staff not to engage, you know, 
with with anything. But I mean, every time you turn on the news, you you hear those stories, right. you know, somebody's ex that walked into their workplace and, you know, either had some type of weaponry, a gun, a knife or whatever. Mm. And they, you know, bring that violence to the workplace. So in the situations that I've had to handle, um, it's it, it, it's just it's really about being aware and mm-hmm. and prepared without being in panic mode all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, we have this situation because you never know, even without warning, something could happen. So it's just about being vigilant and understanding that when you have an emergency in, at that level, that you're not equipped to handle that. You know, I, I already know I'm not equipped to right. disarm anybody or talk anybody down, you know, or anything like that. I will call in the professionals that do that all the time and have them, you know, bring the situation to a resolution. Mm -hmm. So do they position you in a certain place in the office um, so that you can be more aware, like if you're front and center? Because, you know, I can imagine if someone walks in and maybe your office is all the way in the back and you're not like seeing these things or... Like, how does it come to your attention or is it that obvious there's just a commotion and then you have to kind of act? Um, I personally always make sure that anytime I'm in my office or I'm in any kind of closed space, because, um, for example, I have to do a lot of terminations. You know, and those aren't the most pleasant things in the world, needless to say. So it's a highly emotional, you know, situation. Like on once, like have you in the average once a week or multiple times a week? (laughs) Oh no, knock on wood. These days, no, not once a week. But having been in HR as long as I have, you know, you might have to do more than one in a day sometimes. And it's a situation where you need to be you have to have a plan ahead of time because you never know how somebody's going to react. So, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes people cry yeah. and they just take their things and they go. Other times people wild out, you know? So when I know I'm doing a termination, I make sure that I have somebody else with me usually. And I position myself so that there's nobody between me and the door. So I'll have, my back to the door and have the person walk around and sit on the far side of the table Mm. so that if they try something, you know, and they're reaching into their pocket for something, or they're going to flip the table over or come across the table at you, I have a clear to the door. So I don't have to come around the table and have them, you know, barricade me in, you know, the office or something like that. Um, to the point where I, I, I can't get out. Sounds like a scary job, Regina. Um, it's, <laughs> it's it's not because you don't have to do it that often. And I think that the way that I, you know, terminate people, it's, it's, yeah. I try to do it as humanely as possible. I'll say yeah. that, you know, because it's difficult on all sides of the table. Like I don't take any pleasure in, yeah. even when somebody has done something monstrous, you know, or they're stealing or they, you know, all the terminations I've done, it's like, you know, come on, you know, you did it to yourself, you know, so. Right. It's just you're trying to explain it. Not everyone sees it that way, though, I'm sure. Right, and especially not in that moment, especially if you've been monitoring that person and they had no idea that that you were on to them. And it's like, surprise, you know, here's all the documentation of all the the misconduct that you've done for however long. And you're you're laying it out for them. And this is why you're being terminated. They don't want to hear that, (laughs) you know, and so they may they may have a moment, you know, in there Mm -hmm. and they. 
they might cuss you out, they might lunge at you, they might, you know, whatever. And there's been times when I've had to terminate someone who was a peace officer, you know, and they, they carry guns. So mm-hmm. I would have this disarm the person first and then, you know, go on about my administrative business without the firearms in the room. So what's, you know, as, as you have done this once, someone does it once, you do it many times over many years, what have you found is, you know, quote unquote, a humane way of, of terminating someone? Is there a certain approach you take in the very beginning, middle and end? Like, how do you, how do you approach it so that, I'm sure this is very difficult for, for anyone Every, doing it. For and everyone, yeah. So how do you, um, I guess, break it to them? Is there a certain method you use or order um, that you use? I would say it's different depending on the reason why the person is being terminated. Yeah. Like some of them, you know, are probably more painful for me than it is for that yeah. person because they may not care about their job that much. Um, and then other times, like I said, I don't take any pleasure in it, but I don't mind doing it either because they've done something that's just so inappropriate that right. it just that's the only way you can deal with it is to have them out of the workplace. So in, in those cases where let's just say yeah. they're at, at they, they, they've reached maximum capacity. Basically, they can't work there anymore because of their behavior or, you know, even if they haven't done anything criminal, you know, let's just say they're just, they're, who knows, you know, fill in the blank with whatever the reason that they're just not suitable to work in the workplace with right. other people anymore. Um, I just like to keep it short, really, you know, by the time, if it's a performance issue, if it's a behavior issue, by the time it gets a termination, they, they know what's going on. Right. You know, th- things have been documented, conversations have been had, um, you know, opportunities have been given, and it just, it's not working out for you here. So um, this is going to be your last day with us. If you have any questions, you know, let me know. I give them a letter. I talk to them about their benefits and, you know, just kind of turn in your badge and your laptop and help them out the door. Then there are other situations where I've had to terminate people for things that were just difficult to deal with, you know, sometimes it was off-duty conduct. It's like, ah, I can't believe you did that, you know, mm. you know. And I have to have to terminate that person because it either resulted in maybe them being arrested for something, mm. or their behavior um, was, you know, representative of the kind of behavior that that we can't tolerate. You know, either right. something tracked back to the workplace. Yeah. And it's so like an NBA player, like, you know, doing right. something bad <laughs> in a bar yes. or something. And, like, obviously they didn't do it on the job or on the court, but they just they represent the franchise organization, so it can't right. be tolerated. I mean, that's more and of it, a public thing, like everyone would see right, on the news. Right, and I still and every happens time on that a smaller I, level. All the time. All the time, and every time I see one of those stories, I all I just I just shake my head, and you know, because a lot of times people will say, "Well, that's not fair. They shouldn't lose their job because of this, this, and this." And you know, in most contracts, whether implied or explicit, there's a morality clause. You know, it's what they call it in in professional sports, where it's like you can't do these things because you're associated with our organization, even if it's off duty. So you'll see you know, in, in the real world, not in the, not just in the NBA world, um, teachers, firefighters, you know, police officers, if they're doing certain things on their own time, yeah. if there's a nexus to the workplace, then it's lights out. 
you know, there's just certain behavior that can't be tolerated. And then people say, well, that's not fair. Or that's not whatever. It's like, hey, do whatever you want to on your own time. Um, and there's a million of examples of either people saying or doing things on social media. Um, mm. That's always a big one. That's that's always, you know, an Achilles heel for oh, a few really? people. Yeah. Um, where um, people see things, you know, and then you never know who's looking at your social media. It could be your mm. boss. It could be your coworker. It could be a friend of your coworker or whatever who's like, well, why is your coworker saying these things? Or isn't this yeah. person supposed to be out on sick leave and here they are, you know, walking a tightrope and, you know, turning cartwheels and all this other stuff. And then you're busted, you know? So yeah. it's, it's important to be mindful of who's in your circle, first of all, but also understand that under the law, the workplace is defined as any place that has a nexus to your workplace. So even if you run into a coworker at a department store or, you know, it's the weekend and you say or do something inappropriate, that still tracks back to the workplace. You know, so a lot of people don't understand what that means. It's like, it's pretty simple, you know, just yeah. if you're at a Christmas party, you're at whatever your employer sponsors it, or you just run into someone, you know, minding their own business, then you mind your own business too, and it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, but it's, that that happens uh, with a lot more frequency than people, I think, imagine. Is there a... Uh... I don't know if you can talk about it, but is there a toughest termination that you had to do from like a reactionary, the person had a crazy reaction to? to um, and it is, I, I guess is the, is the person's boss, like you're, you're kind of like the messenger, right? I mean, it's not right. always where this person reports directly to you or anything. No, They're probably no, reporting no. to someone else. Does that person, <laughs> have, to, does that person have to be in the room? I mean, they're ultimately the person who probably said, listen, this person's not equipped. They shouldn't be here. And then you have to deliver the message. Is that that other person in the room that the person who decided on that person shouldn't be there? Or is it just a random person who's there for protection purposes and witness? Purposes? <laughs> I'm usually in there with another HR person. Okay. So that person is nowhere to be found. The person who actually had something <laughs> to do with it is not to be found in this they're, situation. They're, they're around, but sometimes in those situations, you don't want them in if the person who's being terminated sees that person, yeah. it heightens the emotion. Totally. Right. So it's better for that person to just go about their day and go do whatever. Let me do what I do. And then everybody goes home mm -hmm. because it's, you know, it, it's gasoline on a fire sometimes. Like I said, terminations are not easy. It's it's not a friendly engagement. It can go any one of a million ways. And if you throw that person who is their direct supervisor into the mix or the person that they think is responsible for all the wrong that has come upon them, um, then it becomes extremely problematic. So I tend to avoid having that person in there. I like to just re rely on the documentation. And when you get to a termination, it, it's not just, okay, something happened at noon and I'm terminating you at three. I mean, I've done that, but it's, it's a very, it's very rare unless, you know, it's something just really completely, you know, yeah. just out there. But for the most part, there's an investigation. 
we look at documents, you tell your side of the story, the other person tells their side of the story, I'll bring in outside investigators so that there's no bias on either side. Um, so nobody can say, well, you know, this person was friends with so-and-so and, you know, this investigation was skewed or whatever. It's like, hey, we're not even handling it. We brought in something, somebody completely uninvolved in our business to just come in and do an independent investigation. So it re- there, there are a lot of moving parts to it. So it just really, you handle everything case by case. Yeah. But, um, y- you know, it's it's it, there's not like a standard way to do it other than to keep it professional. Yeah keep it as brief as possible. And, you know, just remember that, you know, you're, you're, you're separating someone from their livelihood, whether they are going to be, you know, civil with you about that or not in that moment, there's a lot of emotion. Is there one that sticks out to you that this someone had this uh, horrible reaction? Um, I, I would say the one that, that sticks out to me that, um, it was kind of the opposite, really. I mean, I terminated someone. Um, I remember he had been with our organization for less than a year, but I don't know what happened. I kind of presented him with all the evidence of, of what we had found during an investigation and just told him, you know, this is, again, this is your last day with us, and here are the reasons why. And he actually thanked me at the end. Hmm. You know, he thanked me for my professionalism. I was like, well, that's new <laughs> you know you don't get that all the time it's usually like oh my god you know and screaming and you know trying to scratch your eyes out or something but for somebody to actually thank me that one stands out you know the rest of them it's, weird. it's tense yeah <laughs> he's like no you know i get it you know you could have been really harsh about it but i get it you know so i was like oh, oh, oh okay mm. so yeah um for advice for people dating in the workplace uh-huh. is there any advice of navigating this um like are people supposed to and it probably depends on every workplace i imagine uh-huh. are they supposed to i mean do most people tell someone like hey we're dating or do they just <laughs> keep it a secret what what's like proper etiquette well, if you're dating someone right. in the workplace keep it all under wraps yeah. um it it varies like I mean, is that looked at like, the places you've worked at is that looked uh-huh. down upon do they not want that no or, i mean it's sort it, of it, inevitable it, like you're working with the right, people for 40 hours and right you're getting to know people but you um know. it 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 varies because i've worked in organizations that are smaller and then other organizations where there's literally thousands of people you know at at, at the office yeah. so some places have um, fraternization policies where those are policies where you're not permitted to date a coworker at all. Then there are other ones that are maybe one level down where you're permitted to date coworkers, but you have to disclose it usually to your direct supervisor or manager mm-hmm. and to human resources. Mm-hmm. Then I've worked in other places where it's every man for himself. Do it, you know, do whatever you want. But my my best advice would be, first of all, follow whatever policy is there. You know, definitely know what it is. And even if you're dating somebody in the workplace, you're married to somebody in the workplace or whatever, just keep it professional. I've seen some very 
unprofessional things between people that are dating at work or people that are creeping around with somebody else at work. I don't even know if you would call it dating or whatever. <laughs> they may or may not be involved or married to other people that right. work there. You know, oh so just in all circumstances, if you're dating somebody as an HR person, I don't want to know about it. Which means I don't want to hear, okay, well, you know, this person was lingering at this person's desk or, you know, you know, if y'all are going to go out to lunch together, whatever, that's your time, you know. Mm. But during the workday, keep in mind that you're there to be at work. You know, it's not everything doesn't turn into a date, you know, so especially during right. the workday, you know, do whatever it is on your own time, but maintain your professionalism in the workplace because it, it's it's a slippery slope. Like I said, even if it's, if it's a smaller company where everybody sees everybody else all the time, don't let that be you. You know, don't, don't be that person that gets yeah. talked about poorly. Just keep it professional. I mean, somewhere along the line, someone writes in a rule for this, and it's probably because something happened, right. I imagine. <laughs> But All of in, our rules are because something Right. Happened. And yeah. so if someone's, you know, their company is growing mm-hmm. and they're like, should we make this a policy or not make this a policy? Do you have a recommendation on, you know, because you mentioned there's companies that say do whatever you want. There's companies that right. say there's no fraternizing with with the other people. With anybody else and that works here. there's another policy that says kind of in between, which is like if you do – inform the HR and your boss or whatever. What right. what have you seen have you seen something work better than others in um with these I policies? Just, yeah, and then you know another part of policies that I've seen is that you know you can't supervise each other, you can't work in the same unit if you're romantically linked to mm-hmm. one of your coworkers or something like that. And I just have always just seen just as an employer to just be realistic about it. You know, there's going to be people, whether it's a company of five people or 5,000 people that, you know, gravitate toward each other. And whatever your expectation is for what you want to happen in the workplace as the employer, then make that clear up front. You know, don't wait until there's some, you know, soap opera unfolding in your break room to say, hey, maybe we should have, you know, said something about that because you already know that it's out there. You know, there are going to be people that, that date their coworker, you right. know, it's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that as long as it's handled professionally. And as an employer, I think it's important to have some type of language, verbiage, you know, instruction in your handbook to say, you don't have to tell everybody, you know, but, you know, if, if you're going to be promo- like, you know, I've seen policies that some of the best, better ones are, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're working, um, together and then somebody gets promoted and now you're supervising that person that you're dating you know even when you start dating and your peers there should be some disclosure there just and and again not a widespread everybody has to know if that's not your thing or whatever but at least letting your direct supervisor know and then you know usually they'll let me know as hr person or whatever it's like oh okay cool you know, so that I know when you're trying to promote that person or something else goes on or, yeah. you know, like I said, it, it takes us, it takes a, a, it goes down a path we weren't expecting or something like that and things go sideways. There's an awareness there. Yeah. So it's sort of some type of policy. In, I mean, you, cause you've seen a lot of different scenarios and people who mm-hmm. are making up the rules in the beginning may not even see that scenario of, okay, 
this person may become this person's superior. And in that right. situation, maybe there's not, you know, anything besides that. But in that situation, if someone's someone superior, then you should let someone know, I guess, you know, if there's favoritism or whatever the case is. Right. right. Or they're, you know, giving, you know, some type of preferential treatment to that person yeah. or something. You want to avoid that whole thing. You know, you don't want And especially if those two end up breaking up, you don't want the the yeah, the person to the... come back with any type of a claim and say, oh, well, now this person won't leave me alone or they're harassing me or this, you know, it, it, it can snowball very quickly, you know, but it's, you don't, I, I never want to get in anybody's personal business. So just, I'm, I'm fine not knowing anything at all, you yeah. know, or, or just, you know, knowing the just basic basics, you know, yeah. it's just like, that's cool. Okay. You guys are together. Got you. Thank you. Yeah. Good night. You know, and yeah. then that's it. But, you know, as we've all probably experienced when you're either dating a coworker or, you know, of people that are dating each other, it doesn't always stay contained. Yeah. I mean, as you said, the general rule, I mean, as long as people stay professional in the workplace, then usually that's a, you know, it's not going to draw a lot of attention and you're right. doing what you should be doing in the workplace. Type of thing. Right, right. You're there to, to work, you know, and, and dating is, is on your own time. So with those, you know, guidelines in mind, it shouldn't be a problem. But obviously, that's not that's not the way it always works. That's why, you know, people end up coming to talk to me about whatever it is they need to come talk to me about. So, yeah. Regina, as always, these are uh, great stories. And um, <laughs> everyone should check out officepoliticsradio.com. And if you're an HR professional and wants to learn more about how to get started or more advanced steps on being an expert witness, then you can go to reginaromeoconsulting.com. Regina, thanks again. Thanks for having me. If you've been enjoying the show, tell a friend and share my links all over your social media because the best endorsement is word of mouth and that's how I grow my audience. Also take a moment to go onto iTunes and leave me a rating review so other people that we don't know that we're not friends with yet can also find my show. All right, breadwinners, that's it for me for now. Thank you very much for listening in and keeping in touch. I read everything that you submit and I appreciate all of your feedback and your comments. You can find me online at officepoliticsradio.com. My site has links to all of my social media platforms as well as my contact information. If you have any other questions, comments, or show ideas, just get in touch with me. Have a great work week. Be nice to your HR staff. And until I talk to you again, behave yourselves.